0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Kindergarten Kept Simple. I am joined today by another fabulous guest, so please join me in welcoming Jasmine.
1: Woohoo, I'm so excited to be here.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. You might know her from Instagram, first grade Frenchie. She's got an adorable French bulldog. She's also, fun fact, a twin, so loving that vibe as we prepare to welcome Twinnies over here. And she is an amazing, amazing educator on Instagram world sharing all about her daily life and fashion and art bulletin boards and ideas and products. But today she's actually going to be talking to us about a topic that's near and dear to her heart. So I will throw it over to you. You can give us a little intro about yourself, tell us what we're going to be talking about.
1: And I'm just so excited. Oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, what a nice intro. Thank you so much. So yeah, everything you said, correct. I'm just an FSL teacher here in Ontario. Um, So most of my teaching experience has been in the primary sector, mostly doing French immersion, but I have sprinkled in a little core French as well. Um, But today's topic is actually not related to French at all. It's something that is super, as you said, near and dear to my heart. And so today we're going to talk about debunking three myths about effective guardian teacher relationships, because for me, I just know how important parent involvement is um, and just how much it made such a big impact on my teaching career thus far as a homeroom teacher and overall happiness, honestly. So I think this is a topic that can really you know, help new teachers and veteran teachers create a smooth year. So that's why I wanted to talk about that.
0: I totally agree. And I also think it's something that can be intimidating for a lot of people when they feel like, oh, I'm so young, or I don't know them, or I don't know what to say, or it's awkward, or whatever. So, having some tips in their back pocket, kind of debunking some myths is going to be really powerful for hopefully inspiring people to be a little bit more brave, reach out a little bit more to parents. And I think we'll use parent just because that's on the tip of our tongue. But we're, of course, implying any guardian that is the main adult contact point for your students
1: yeah that's so true and honestly I make that mistake it's not even a mistake but as you said it is so common to say parent and with my students even I'll try sometimes to say guardian and it it is a bit harder to get the hang of it or you say you know tell your mom and dad and you have to remember okay I need to be more inclusive to say like you know tell your person or tell your guardian so Mm -hmm. that's something I'm working on but as you mentioned today, if we do say "parent," just know we're talking about any guardian relationship. Yeah,
0: the most important grown-ups to that person.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well,
0: take us away. Tell us this first myth.
1: All right. So let's start with number one. um Some of these might seem obvious, but the, at first they might be obvious. But then, when I talk a bit more through them, you're going to maybe see and think, "Oh, I have made that you know mistake or thought before." So, for number one, I wanted to just talk about oversharing. So one of the myths is that you need to keep parents in the loop constantly. And that's a myth that I truly believe that to have great relationships with students, guardians, parents, you need to be constantly sharing, sending pictures, creating newsletters, notifying them of every incident that happens, right? Um, in my first year of teaching, I was guilty of this. As I said, we used to use Seesaw. Are you familiar with that? App? Yeah, I've
0: always wanted to use it, but it wasn't allowed in my
1: board. <sighs> Okay, so I was really happy it was allowed. Now it's not at my new board, but it was really great. And one of the beautiful things about Seesaw was it was so easy to send a picture, send a video, you know, that authentic interaction, snap something and quickly put it in a student's e-folder, I guess you would call it. I forgot what the term was, but it's like every student has a little folder folder, right? So one thing that was beautiful about that is how easy it was to use. But then the problem I found was that I was constantly feeling pressure to add photos to their, you know, folders. Mm -hmm. And then if I didn't have enough pictures for like one student, I had to have to go and try and find the perfect time to capture that picture. It felt a little bit, you know, not authentic anymore. Um, And I also found I was answering a lot of questions and messages through the app at any hour of the day. Um, I loved my students and I wanted to translate that obviously to the parents as well, but I thought that meant I had to keep them happy by keeping them super involved in my program. Now, while we were happy with, you know, they were happy with the oversharing. They loved it. And they were obviously very happy with me as their teacher or their par- their child's teacher. I found that they were like expecting a lot. Right. So mm. I think it's my fault, though, because I gave them the impression and I gave them that expectation that I will continue to post. I will continue to send those updates and I will continue to document. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like a precedent yeah. that you accidentally set. <laughs> Exactly. And I saw so I only had myself to blame because I did not set boundaries from the beginning. So now I'm very cautious and I'm very protective of my time and energy. Um, And I do believe there's a fine line between sharing like the cool things you're doing in the classroom, because of course, we want them to see all of that but you don't have to send families updates, live updates like you're tweeting about things, you know, live constantly, and that's going too far. So my advice would be just, you know, take it easy, share the cool, fun activities, you know, send the messages or phone calls when they're needed, but remind yourself that you are the qualified teacher. So you know the most of what's happening, you know about all the amazing things you're doing, and that's all the validation you need. I used to think I needed that validation. So if I would send it to parents, then I would get that awesome, positive feedback. And it almost was like, I don't know, it was almost like a drug because you wanted to keep getting that praise, right? Yeah, and I think you just have to remember, you know what you're doing and you know you're doing the best you can and that's all you need to know.
0: I love that. I think that's so important. It's so easy, especially just in our everyday life, how we're, we're in general updating our social media all the time and expecting that sort of text message speed of replying to people and everything. So we want to be able to, like you said, protect your energy, protect your capacity, and just set up those boundaries from the beginning so that they're not expecting to have this in-depth, constant look into your classroom. We don't want them to I don't know. It's like, you don't, they don't need to know every single yeah. tiny thing that goes on. Yeah, and I had
1: a I had a parent once and so that was the year where I was oversharing and it was really funny because then one of those students, it was such a small thing, I think they maybe like tripped at recess or something and had a little, you know, like scuff on their mm. elbow, whatever it was. Obviously, I'm not going to send a message home like, "Oh, so and so fell at recess." You know, that's so common. But I guess since I was so like, you know, oversharing all the time, that the parent was kind of surprised I didn't. Mm -hmm. message them or whatever so then I got a message sometime that evening saying "Hi, I just wanted to you know inquire about so-and-so's fall um they told me about I just want to make sure like it was okay or you know just kind of trying to get more details and that's when I realized honestly it was from that point where I was like okay I need to I need to you know pipe it down and just shut this whole thing down a little bit because this is too much. So I even responded back. I was obviously very polite about it. But I did respond back saying, you know, like this is common, like this is going to happen at school. And I don't feel the need to send a message each time this happens. Just know if it's serious, I will reach out. Otherwise, I will not. So that was kind of the first time I kind of started that boundary. And honestly, ever since I've only gotten better at that. And I think that's something we can all try and do.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And you don't want to be almost opening the door to have this criticism and feedback about every single little thing, because that's going to end up being a distraction to you or something that's causing stress instead of something that's causing fruitful relationships between yourself and the larger community of your class.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's the big, that's a big myth.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay. Tell us the second
1: one. All righty. So number two, this is also another one that really stood out to me. The myth is you do not need to reach out to guardians if their child is doing well or behaving well. Now, so you may have heard of the saying no news is good news. I know my parents, they were huge believers in that quote, you know, they were busy, um, like immigrants came to Canada, hustling, like they didn't really have time to inquire too much about what's going on at school. So for them, they felt they didn't have to worry about my twin sister and I because if they weren't getting complaints or phone calls or emails about our behavior or grades, that means everything was going well, right? Mm -hmm. And naturally, we would all kind of think that, you know, if we're not getting some kind of concerning email, we think, okay, our students or our child or whoever is fine, correct? So what they didn't know, though, is how badly at least I can speak for myself, but I know my twin sister and I have talked about this before. We both really create validation from our parents and teachers because unfortunately we went to an elementary school that was not very warm and loving at least in our experience um it was very strict kind of it was a full like fi school so like mm. every it was only fi there which is fine but i don't know the teachers are a bit more traditional so we just didn't feel like unlike a lot of my teacher friends i know so many who tell me they have a teacher who inspired them and you know made them want to become a teacher i unfortunately never had that experience But it's fun because you know that's what makes me who i am today but my point is is i didn't have a teacher i really connected with or who made me feel special because i was quote unquote okay so i never got those you know messages or phone calls to praise me so based on that experience i often think about the more shy well-behaved kids in my class who actually need the validation and confidence boost So, you know, like, who knows if there's anyone in their life who is even giving them that praise, because I know so many of them who when I give them a small little praise, like great job at doing this, it seems like I gave them the the world, you know, so I could honestly just get emotional about this. But I'm trying to stick to the main points. So... (laughs) But no, but parent communication should not be only happening when you have a problem or concern. You need to be reaching out to families to share good news too. So, you know, share that exciting moment where a student stepped out of their shell or took a risk. That's what really starts to build those amazing parent guardian relationships, right? So, you know, you can send happy mail notes. I know that's like something new that we've all kind of started doing. I've started doing that at least just like a simple note instead of an email or phone call, because let's be real, we don't always have time for a big, (laughs) you know, detailed, you know, communication. So just something simple and easy way to let families know that their child is doing well. It also boosts their confidence and it makes an even closer connection because families then know you're letting them know about the progress and the student knows, oh, wow, my teacher actually communicates with my my parent, right? So yeah, that's what I just did last week, actually, with one of my ESL students. He is struggling, to say the least, in reading and everything, honestly, with English and French. Um, and his parents know about this, and we've talked about this. So. I was kind of feeling bad for him a bit because I feel like we were always focusing on what is he lacking in, right? Cause we just had conferences. So obviously a lot of that was more serious. So I wanted to just celebrate him a bit because I do notice progress. So I just took the time to tell him like, wow, you're taking, and I actually made a big deal about it. And I told the whole class, like everybody, look at how so-and-so is taking such big risks. Like, and I just praised the heck out of him and I sent a message home. And the way I saw his attitude change the rest of that day Oh, it was just, it was so sweet. Like he was just so happy, so much more talkative. And that was just the reminder I needed to continue doing that. to just reach out more, send positive messages. It's just so powerful.
0: I agree. And I think that it's easy to get swept up in the day, especially if you do have a challenging class with behaviors that take a lot of your capacity and they take a lot of your time because you're spending so much of your day Working with those individuals that uh, the quote unquote good kids who kind of fade into the background, that's what ends up happening to them. They feel like they're forgotten or they're not important because they can fully see that your attention is being directed somewhere else for 90% of the day. And I definitely felt like that as a kid, too. I can relate. I was the one that, <laughs> you know, would get other people moved beside me because they knew that I wouldn't talk to them and whatever. And <laughs> I never got any like, I don't know. My parents knew I was a you know, traditionally good student. I'm using air quotes here, but I would have loved to get a little note home as well, other than just the report card. Because I remember report cards felt like such a big deal to me because they were the first time that my parents would have any sort of insight into me as a student. And we'd go through the learning skills and I would just feel so proud of all the things my teachers were saying. So if that had not been the first point of contact, just that report card... I can't even imagine how much of a
1: difference that would have made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so true, because you're only getting max three report cards, right? So that's only about, yeah, three times that you're getting validation throughout a whole year when you're a growing child with so many different, you know, like complexities going on. I think that is not enough. So I know I'm glad to see that. I do think things are changing for the better. I think like as educators, we're kind of all, at least I hope so, but I feel like we are being a lot more introspective about our practices. So it is nice to see that. And I do hundred percent believe that I think students are getting closer with their teachers than ever before. Right. That's I what agree. I, feel. I totally mm-hmm. agree. And I also think it's important
0: because if something ever was to come up, Halfway through the year, from either side, if there was like a family crisis that the family wanted to tell you as the educator about, or if something happened at school, maybe unrelated to academic, maybe academic, if you've never talked before, it can be kind of awkward to be out of the blue, like, hey, I need to let you know about this event that's going on in my child's life or in this student's life. So, if you can at least set the tone with having some sort of relationship with them, it's not radio silence and then all of a sudden there's a crisis we need to talk about. I think that's just better all around for everyone.
1: Totally, 100% agree. All right, final myth here we go. Okay, so the final myth is that parents or guardians are constantly scrutinizing and criticizing your methods. So I hope that this myth has not crossed your mind before. But if it has, just know you're human and you're not alone. It's really easy to feel insecure that you're not doing enough or you could be being a you could be a better teacher or you could be doing this lesson better. And as teachers, we do tend to be a bit more on the perfectionist side and we're constantly trying to better ourselves. So it's not a shock that we are our biggest critics, we just need to remember that and we have to remind ourselves that families, they just want to know their child is safe at school, their child is learning and their child is being cared for. The rest is honestly, honestly, just a bonus. So parents and guardians, they're not your enemies. And they're truly in your corner. Of course, I'm not here to say that there's never going to be a parent who does, you know, kind of <laughs> ruffle your feathers a bit, right? That's normal. And I mean, it's not normal, but it is possible. Um, but remember that for the most part, they're just really there to, they they really want to help you. They want to be part of the process. So sometimes, um, and this is spoken from true experience, it could feel like the parents and guardians are the only ones actually who are praising and validating your effort. You know, like admin do not often show their appreciation, or at least I have never experienced admin that are very, you know, giving you lots of praise and stuff. And mm-hmm. especially now that I work at a large school, I do not get a lot of comments or praise and that's fine but so it is nice to get that from parents right so sometimes they are the almost the only ones almost in your corner so we just need to see them as our partners we need to be remembering that we're working together to create the best learning experience for their child and we all want the same thing you know um the sooner you realize that that they're on the same team the sooner you're able to dive deeper into those relationships and just make it the best year yet
0: i totally agree it's It's such a relief when you realize that you're not, it's not you against the parents. You're not out here proving yourself to them. They, of course, want their child to succeed. They want you to succeed. They want it to be a wonderful year. So, in my experience, the vast majority, other than those outlier parents, like you said, Mm -hmm, the vast majority are going to be in your corner and in little ways, like. They're happy to donate a box of tissues if you need tissues. And in bigger ways, like they want to volunteer on field trips. They want to come into your Mm -hmm. class and they're on your team. They're just genuinely curious. Obviously, when your kid is at school, that is a long day. That is a significant portion of their day that, that they're away from that parent. And as a parent myself, like I know I would just want to know what's going on. I would just want to know that my kid is okay. Exactly. Like you're saying, they're happy. They're making friends and there is some learning going on. So I yeah. totally agree with you.
1: And also like, like Mariah, you're a recent mom. So like I was trying to think too about how if you actually just take away the whole hierarchy of you know parents and all of this, and you start to realize that at least this is what I started to realize recently as I'm approaching my 30s, I'm 28. So I'm starting to get there. And I'm starting to, you know, more relate, I guess, with parents. And I'm realizing, wow, like parents are also just as kind of confused as we are, you know, like, I feel I'm starting to realize they're not, they're not experts at care, and they're not watching and see and criticizing you. They're really just also trying to help trying to figure this whole thing out with you. And I'm realizing they can almost just treat them as a friend. Like, don't have to think of them as such, you know, like, I don't know. You don't have to think of them as they're your superior. That's what I guess what I'm trying to say. Totally. They're not your boss. You know, yes. they're
0: not. Yeah, I I know what you mean. And I think it's it is easier with age. When I was a new teacher, I felt so young compared to <laughs> all the parents. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they could be my parent. Like, what's going on? But then as I got older and had more and more teaching experience, I realized like, okay, like we're actually kind of the same, especially like we're kind of the same age and they don't, most of them don't even know anything about education. So they probably look to you and think, oh my gosh, you are an expert. You're amazing. And they want to defer to you. So I think that it's just so powerful to realize that the relationship is a give and take relationship. The more honest and open and just. Trusting you are that it's going to be a positive relationship, the better. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, well, (laughs) the good news is Jasmine is going to be joining us at Camp Kinder this summer. So excited. I'm really excited. Oh, me too. It's going to be so good. And she's going to be continuing this conversation on in her session. So, why don't you
1: give us a little bit of an
0: overview of what we can expect from your workshop this summer?
1: Yeah. So, today's podcast episode was mostly just debunking some myths. But then for my actual session, I plan on covering, you know, feasible ways to actually establish your parent slash guardian relationships. And I'm going to give you some steps on how to do that, um, some tips that I've learned throughout the years. And also, hopefully, we can also just chat about, you know, what are some ways to avoid conflict? Or what are some, you know, typical just Q&A questions I've received over the years, so how to do this with a family who is doing so blank, right? So if you have like common problems, I'm going to try and talk about those two and just how I would navigate them. But honestly, I think it's going to be a great session, like I said, for new teachers or veterans, because we can always learn how to better our relationships with our guardians.
0: Totally. And what a great way to start the year is to have that fresh in your mind, especially if you've never felt comfortable with really breaking down that wall before. So what a great thing to do in the summer to get some new ideas, kind of start thinking of a plan, a communication plan, and then start off the year right away on the right foot with your families.
1: Yeah. And it's honestly never too late to just do a whole 180 and change your practices, because that's something I've had to accept is that just because you've done something for X amount of years. And maybe it's not working, or maybe it is working, but you know it can be better. There is no shame in just kind of scrapping it and starting fresh. And that's what I love about teacher summers having those two months to just reflect a bit. Of course, I take a lot of time off to relax, but you do tend to just reflect a bit more on what you want out of the upcoming school year. So I think that's the perfect timing to just revamp all of your practices. Totally
0: agree. Okay, well, I'm going to link all of Jasmine's contact info, her TPT shop, her Um, Instagram, all that fun stuff in the show notes. So make sure you guys check that out. And I want to just take this little bit of a second here to thank you so much for joining us today and talking to us about this important topic. I'm sure that everyone learned so much from it and I can't wait to keep the learning going with you this summer. So thank you so much. It's been
1: a blast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about this and Camp Kinder and just I'm happy to be here.
0: So we'll end it here for this week's episode of Kindergarten Kept Simple. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you, hear you, check in with you next time.